On the Empire Podcast this week, James McAvoy and James McAvoy and James McAvoy talks about their new movie, Split, while we absorb the director of Sing, Garth Jennings, into our collective resistance is futile. All that and more on the movie podcast is saved up and stayed up all night and finally got tickets to see Hamilton. Very excited. They're playing Kilmarnock on the 4th of February and I cannot wait to see how they do. <laughs> Hello, Paul. I'm Chris Hewitt. Welcome to the Empire Podcast in association with Sky Atlantic. And as we told you last week, of course, Sky Atlantic is bringing you new exclusive big screen dramas every month. 2017 is going to see some of Sky Atlantic's best loved world-class TV shows returning to our screens. Last week, talked about Fortitude, which returns with Series 2. This month, Dennis Quaid has joined the cast. Very exciting. Big Little Lies, great cast. Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman. That begins in March. This week, we're going to be focusing on Billions, which, of course, stars Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti. Returns in February to Sky Atlantic with the much-anticipated second series. If you haven't seen the first series, it's fantastic. A great tete-a-tete between these two guys, but we'll talk about it later on. As for this week, this week we're joined by three colleagues of such lethal cunning. We have Geek Queen Helen O'Hara. Hello. We have the quiet poddle, John Nugent. Hello. And for just a second time in our history, we are delighted to be joined for the duration of the podcast by an outsider. <laughs> but not any outsider. This is a man who directed The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Son of Rambo, and next week's enormously fun animated movie, Sing. Welcome to the Empire Podcast. Garth Jennings. Hello. Hey, How are you, sir? Yeah, round of applause. Wow, round From of the applause. three people, four people in the room. Dude, that's an, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's only, we're not even at lunchtime. That is nice. Thank you. It felt good. Do you feed off applause? Do you feed off energy? <laughs> no, if I did, I'd be dead because I don't get that much. Certainly not in my house. There's no applause going on in there. But, uh, yeah. No, that was nice. Thank you. Do you get, uh, do you get applause when you're making an animated movie? Which I imagine is quite a, a Slow, long, laborious process. You know what, actually? There is a lot of applause in the making of uh, an animated movie. Not for me, mm-hmm. but what happens is when you approve an animated shot in our company, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's the same in the big, you know, the big Disney studios and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, if if one of my team has finished a shot and I approve it, we mm-hmm. give them a round of applause. Aww. Because, Aww. yeah, because li- listen, there's the, some shots have taken one individual maybe five months. Mm. You, you're going to clap when that guy finishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and especially as it's so brilliant. Um, but even if it's only taken them a week, the effort that's involved and, and uh, is is huge. And if you do something that great, mm. I'm clapping. We get the whole room to crap, clap. And 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 what's interesting was that's a different uh, reaction. If you get the whole room to crap, whenever someone finishes, crap, yeah, I'm sure there's times where we've all wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, it, and it's funny because because I work at these animation studios in Paris, yes. Illumination with Guff. I don't think they were used to applause or like complimenting each other. Mm. I think as a culturally they're similar in terms of the, the way the Brits tend not to like high five each other when we've done something great. Like <laughs> we're probably not going to be high fiving each other at the end of this podcast, no matter how great it is. <laughs> we never yeah. do. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's never great, so don't but, worry about but it. But the American influence was to bring this sort of you know this more of a uh, you know celebratory aspect to to the production into the process. And at first, people were a little bit uncomfortable with that. Okay, you know, but then. But then they got into it and then it became really nice. They were like, oh, there's a reason why that's useful. It makes you feel good. And it's a lonely road sitting there at your computer. (laughs) 
you know, building a character and trying to make it live and breathe. And to be rewarded for that by your group is lovely. It's That's nice. Amazing. I'm just having a vision of all these, you know, Gaulois smoking French artists, yes. you know, <laughs> shrugging every day, all day, and then suddenly bursting into applause for each other. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice because I remember I would get very carried away when I'd see something done beautifully and that could be a piece of art it could mm. be a rendered frame just yeah. showing me how the lighting's going to be and I'd be like that's amazing uh, uh, Fabian uh, for instance uh, Fabian that's amazing and he'd go oh well, you know it's it's kind of it's nearly it's, it needs work he would <laughs> never take a compliment straight he'd never go thanks man he would always be like oh and no one really it was wired to absorb the kind of yeah. enthusiasm that I seemed to uh, bring with me but I was so blown away by what they did uh, that I, I and sometimes I'd be in, I'd be moved by what they did because I knew a how much they'd worked on it and b how beautiful it was. So um so I had to rein that in at times. But yeah. the, you, you're allowed to clap. You're allowed ah, to clap at the good. end of uh, animating a shot. Yeah, but I, I've had to sort of like cool it. Yeah. That's yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. So you actually you moved to Paris to, yeah. to make this movie. Yeah, I moved, I used to live in um, uh, East London, but. Um, uh, yeah, that's where Illuminations Animation Studios are. They're right around the corner from the Eiffel Tower. Oh, you no. can see it from the top of the building. <laughs> They're just around the corner. But it was an old um, multi-story car park. Whatever Pixar is, think of the opposite, right? <laughs> you know, they've got like that campus. I've never been there. But you can it's see pictures beautiful. of it. Yeah. It's the thing. You've got the cafeteria. No, this is an old multi-story car park <laughs> that was inhabited by McGuff before it became Illumination McGuff. And they were doing commercials and videos and stuff. They're about, I think there were about 40 people at the time. And then they were they joined forces with the, with Chris Melodandry to make um, a Despicable Me, mm. and so they took over a bit more of the space they were in, which was a little bit of a, a car park, and they took over more of the car park, and it just has just kept expanding. So it's this giant sort of <clears throat> ant ant warren type, yeah, rabbit warren. Uh, I don't <laughs> think you can have an ant warren. <laughs> what is an ant hill? I ant suppose hill, ant hill. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. funny that when you put a microphone in some in front of somebody, especially someone like me, all sense goes out the window. Oh, we find that for that's, years. That's yeah. pretty much every week on there. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. okay, I feel good about that. Then I don't um, feel so bad. But I mean, you got to think like Pixar is in an industrial estate, basically, yeah. and you know you may be in a car park, <laughs> but you're in the middle cool, of Paris. So oh, I'm not complaining. You know. Believe me, that wasn't like oh oh. oh Poor me. It's the opposite. It's flipping great. Yeah. And you walk out and you walk home and you walk th through uh, uh, the most beautiful part of the city. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. And it's such a lovely mix of people. And yeah, there's 900 people there now. Nice. It's a huge studio. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And did you, uh, did you have to adapt to the language? I mean, did you look up how to say this needs more this needs better lighting and better texture to on the Duolingo most embarrassing question thank you uh, now here's the problem right here's the embarrassing truth um, my wife and our four children have all learned they, they're great they all speak French perfectly now because they're all at bilingual schools and my wife works for a French company I had to arrive uh, and hit the ground running so you know be very specific my French was already terrible as Mr. Mallison, my uh, French teacher from <laughs> St. John's, will confirm. Uh, we began. Um, yeah, it's, it was rubbish. And because everyone spoke immaculate English, not even like, OK, we'll get by English, like really, they could sit here now and they'd be fine. I, mine was so rubbish. Je vais prendre you know, and it would, the sentence would just die straight away. And they would go, look, dude, it's fine. Just tell us what it is you want them to do. And um, they were that casual about it. So I've never had that gun to my head yeah. to learn. 
which is pathetic. I'm the embarrassing Brit who has <laughs> been there for nearly four years. Point at the screen. I going, can get uh, you a coffee. I'll yeah. get you what you want off the menu, and That'd I can awesome. understand quite a lot. Yeah. But the, but so I've been interviewed a lot in French recently, and I was enjoying the fact that I knew what the question was, but couldn't. Oh, I didn't have the. Man. That's my next. Goal that's is to absorb thing. what my children are Duolingo. Seriously, it's a really good yeah, app. It's, it's yeah, really good. that I'm not sponsored by any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it sounds like I am, but yeah. I'm really not. No, it's uh, really good. Shufa Dre, more singing gorillas. Is that uh, something that you would say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as well as that. Yeah. <laughs> and they would look at me with the same look I'm giving you right now. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 right. Seriously. Very, very, very few directors have uh, a few directors. A number of directors have made the leap from animation to live action. Very few have gone the other way. Uh, Wes Anderson, for example, Mike Mitchell went from something like Sky High to Shrek Forever After. Yes. You've gone the other way from Son of Rambo to Sing. How how did that come about? How was it? Well, well, before we'd before I'd even met Chris Melodandry. Uh, who runs uh, Illumination? Mm. Nick Goldsmith and I, yeah. uh, when we had our company Hammer and Tongs, we were both trying to make an animated film. We were sort of developing ideas. In fact, one of those ideas we did talk to Chris Melodandry about early on. Um, but then we were making it ourselves. So we'd wanted to get into that world. Um, and then Chris came back to Paris s- J- July 2011 for a cup of tea and just to st- share some you know do a little chat and, and share some thoughts he had for mm. what projects he'd like to do and this idea he had he, all he said was like would it, what you got is it something I'd like to do something with singing and animals and we both like films like The Commitments where the songs are in the movie and the ca- they're like the release for that character mm. those characters do you know what I mean they're an escape yeah. I love those films and recently um Sing Street. Sing Street. Yeah. Was, I don't know what you th- lot thought, but I loved it. loved it. Yeah, yeah. incredible It's film. a peach of a yeah. film. And that kind of story where you see characters using music to escape or real, you know, realise their ambitions, that, in that little cup of tea we had, was what we got excited about. There was no, like, plot. There was no, um, uh, oh, it's a koala in a, with a theatre. That all came once I started writing it. I just got very excited and just started writing immediately. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And that's how I ended up there, yeah. What about the songs? I mean, because yes. you've got some great, great pop songs, uh, yes. etc. in there. Um, were there ones that you wanted and couldn't get? Was this the wish list to begin with? Yeah. Um, or, or how did you choose them? Well, that, it's ridiculous because there are like over 65, I think. Wow. It's a, I mean, the licensing people had a, probably the <laughs> heart attack when they saw my shopping list. But, uh, <laughs> it wasn't a shopping list. It was, I was writing most of the songs into the script mm. uh, from, the, from the outset, A, to sort of you know, lay my cards on the table story-wise, but also because, um, excuse me, with animation, you really have to start making decisions early early on. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these uh, songs were decided upon three and a half, four years ago. Um, uh, And they had to tell the story. So they weren't just because we liked them. They had to be, they had to work for that character at that moment in the story. and, and, And also do one of those things we wanted to do from the beginning was sort of feel like it was a broad spectrum of music like if you made a compilation for your friend and you wanted to give it, 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 it had to, the movie had to have that sort of broad feel and then um but there was a there was a tricky one there's a song by Elton John towards the end of the film I'm still standing yeah 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 and and they were saying no you can't have it because they were they the 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 company were I think they were going to use it for one of the Gnomeo and Juliet films or, oh, right. or one of those gnome films yeah um, but we wouldn't stop hassling them. <laughs> we literally, for six months of no's, kept saying, come on, come on, come on, please. And we all tried all the ways in, like someone knows a bloke who works at the company that maybe he could put a word in for us. Anyway, we finally got 
permission for me to have a meeting with David Furnish. Oh, it, was, it was amazing because I, I went to his office. He's not far from here. And I walked in and it was the nicest smelling room I've ever been in in my life. <laughs> Seriously. It it's was, all the flowers, isn't it? Well, there weren't any flowers. And I, I did this thing, which was so, never do this, right? Never do what I, what my only line was, wow, what is that smell? <laughs> right. I was just, because I love that sort of thing. I love those smells and scented things. I love, I don't know why. But he was like quite taken aback. A little, you could see he was like, "Why? What? What do you mean? What smell?" And I was like, "Oh no, it just smells amazing." Anyway, he's just said, "Oh, it's something." I think the cleaner uses some. Anyway, it's really phenomenal. And he's like, <laughs> and the most immaculately dressed man or woman I've ever met. I mean, he was literally fabulous, and it smelled <laughs> fabulous, and I just loved it. We had this really enthusiastic chat, and I showed him the sequence from the film that we intended to use the music in it was storyboarded you know like an animatic you do a rough version of your movie yeah. many times before you actually make it mm. and there were, and, but it's really I mean frame by frame exactly what we ended up doing and he loved it and um uh, and it was so lovely to sort of have that sort of enthusiastic response to it. okay we love the way you're going to interpret it and we found out we're not going to use it in our film so I got the got the song um, after six months and uh, but a very fragrant <laughs> one cool moment one cool moment it was was sitting there with him and there was this like thud thud like th tapping noise I turned around there was Elton John waving through the glass window and I really I was like wow <laughs> and it, they sort of waved at each other like you know yeah just bye hey how you doing get out of here get out. I'm, I'm meeting someone and uh I love that meeting. That was one of my favourite ever meetings I've ever had. Oh, my word. And this is great. Well, well, can I just well, no, it, it's okay. Mm, We're yeah. not as well dressed. I think we yeah. can all agree. It's not fragrant in here. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. got a smell, but it's cool. It's, you know, it's yeah. a smell. It's it a... smells like the Rancor's Den. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. Some people have been eating in here. Yeah, yeah. It's rare. Yeah. This could be the last interview you ever do, Garth. We may not let you out. We may just, we may just consume you. Slowly decompose de de yeah. in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The song that, uh, that stood out for me as a bit of an Adam and Joe aficionado was Shuby Taylor. You know Shuby Taylor? Yeah, Shuby Taylor. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. It was mentioned in the um, the Adam and Joe live show. They br they bring it up. That's true. I heard it yesterday. Yeah. I'm really late to that one because that came out before Christmas. Yeah. So I only sh shamefully only heard it yesterday. But yeah, Shuby Taylor is, you know, otherwise known as the human horn. The human horn, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I only heard of him through... Uh, you should All your listeners should check oh, him out. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. It's genuinely brilliant. If you're ever down... Or like, if you want to just you know diffuse a tense situation, bung on Shuby Taylor. <laughs> There's yeah, it's it's glorious. But yeah, I got to use his um, a little part of his song. A hippo sings it. Right. It's one of the few songs we actually used the original for. Right. And um, what was lovely was that just before Christmas, I got a letter from the lawyer that represents Shuby's uh, um, catalog. Yeah. Shuby's been dead for a while now, but his son's still alive, and his son is in his seventies and is. Uh, according to the email, um, just just above the poverty line, oh, wow. and the lawyer was telling me that he, he wanted to let us know that how grateful he was, and he was and he told Shuby's son that he was sending him a check, but he didn't say how much for, but that would make a huge difference. You yeah. know, this check coming from Universal for the use of it. There's something rather lovely mm. that, about knowing that his dad wrote this song all these years ago, yeah. and it's coming back as a present this Christmas. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I love the fact that it just came through the fact that we loved his songs yeah. and um, and that it has this lovely positive ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice, that. The Shuby Taylor yeah. story. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> lovely. Yeah. There is a Kubrickian gap Ooh. now on your CV. 
Kubrickian uh, Kubrickian, gap. yeah. There's 10 years between Son of Rambo oh, and I this movie. Oh, I wish it was as noble <laughs> and that people would write so many books about that gap. You were basically researching Napoleon, weren't you? Go yeah, on, exactly. You Have you read the book about his, uh, from, um, is it Emilio, his his assistant for all those years? No. It's a brilliant book by okay. the guy that helped, was his personal assistant that never really watched his films or, or anything, <laughs> but just was the most brilliant, helpful man in the world. Was he, you know, second in command? Oh, wow. And it, yeah, I, I, I'm sure your listeners I'll check that out. I've forgotten the name of the book, but we, anyway, we it's Google brilliant. It. Emilio oh, Kubrick, just, assistant. Yeah, it'll, sure, be, it'll we'll, be there. It's we'll really there. interesting, and um, yeah. and he was clearly nonstop. Uh, we've all been nonstop. Nick and I, Nick Goldsmith and I, had this incredible introduction to films where we were just sort of like torpedoed into it. We'd started working on Son of Rambo as a script, but then suddenly were offered uh, to to write, uh, sorry, direct. And produce the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and so bang in we go. We're suddenly making this film, had a glorious time on it, and then came out and then made Son of Rambo. So we had this sort of two film start. We're thinking, okay, this is good. Let's keep going with that. But then reality struck. The next two projects we were writing and developing didn't happen. They may still happen, but they did the thing that almost every director who's ever sat in your room will Mm. tell you that for as many projects that they got going dozens didn't yeah. we just had it in uh, had a career path that, that, that sort of made us think like the, the sky's the limit anything's possible we can do this but um, just for all those reasons that films don't happen um, uh, you know that basically you need pl- a lot of planets to align you need money from this guy and that guy needs to agree with that term and we need that actor but they're not going to be available to June you only need one of those things to fall and the whole thing falls and yeah. that happened twice for us and that's what happened in that gap so I don't have like the Napoleon levels of research to show from for the, that time period I have an, a lot of um compilation CDs I would make myself to cheer myself up uh, which uh, you're welcome to listen to <laughs> um, they're very inspiring uh, but yeah it was it was really tough yeah. it was brutal yeah. and um, uh, it's hard to put your life and soul into something twice and think this is the one and go home to my wife and our four children and say I'm just, I swear this is going to do it yeah. and, and it doesn't that's really uh, that is you know we're, we're talking about talking about joy and and enthusiasm yeah uh, it has to come from somewhere and I think it's me striving to get out of that that uh, makes me want to put on a flipping all singing all dancing (laughs) um, musical yeah which has been a huge success around the world so far so good yeah, yeah it's crackers I yeah. love it yeah amazing amazing yeah. thank you uh, show, you're going to stick around for the rest of the podcast I'd love to uh, I'm only halfway through this cup of coffee but I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere here uh, okay so what we do now we're, we're going to tackle a question from, uh, from a reader uh, okay. it's been sent in via Twitter Oh, I've heard of this Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. This Twitter, where you speak. Uh, you're on Twitter. I am, obviously. Yeah. But I'm a really, you know, there's no point following me. I'm like, twi- <laughs> I like tweet like once in a blue moon, and it's probably but something. What a tweet. When I'm but what a tweet it is, yeah. It's one hell of a tweet. Kubrickian wait for a tweet. <laughs> yeah, it's massive. Once every 10 it, years. It doesn't make that tweet sound. It goes, da da! Yeah, yeah. And you're like, holy shit, what's he said now? Oh, Oh, he's walking his dog. <laughs> Holy Christ. He's got some avocado for breakfast. Yeah. Oh, look my at word. He's crunched it into his toast. Look at that. I've never tweeted about that, that but uh, well, you should. I'm going to do it after this. Yeah. It could be like a gateway tweet to yeah. other tweets about lunch, <laughs> dinner, maybe even supper. 
I've got to get more funny or something. I don't know. I've got to raise my game. I'll work on I it. I think your, this, your, yeah. your, your movies are fine. They take okay. care of the funny. Yeah. Sure, okay. <laughs> Twitter could be for the more mundane things. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'll so. do that. Anyway, so this is a, a, a tweet that's been sure. sent in uh, from, and this is the best Twitter username I think has ever been uh, used in the podcast. Wow. This is from at ZKXKFLSK91. <laughs> Whoa. It just trips off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, the first film by, made um... by George Lucas as well. That's amazing. <laughs> I think this is, maybe, should we try and pronounce it? Yeah. S- s- 91. Wow. Yeah. 90 other ones. The 91. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 91st. Yeah. I haven't seen the previous 90. Yeah. Uh, and the question is, which characters from movies slash TV have the best laugh? Ooh. The best mm. laugh. Good question. It is. Now, uh, Garth was aware of this question beforehand. Yeah, just to pull, tell me this. Just to pull the curtain back. No, no, it's true. And I'm glad you gave me a heads up. Yeah. Because it's the kind of thing that you get into a situation like this then you leave and it's only when you're in the taxi you go ah oh, I should have said that thing that thing yeah. that person exactly yes. yeah. but I did think about this and I, I do have one that sticks out and it's it's from an animated film funny enough It's uh, and it's it's from The Incredibles I love it do you, you've seen yeah. The Incredibles yeah, yeah, right? yeah. it's a yeah. perfect movie um, there's a moment when the sun Flash uh-huh. I think it's called Flash. Dash. 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 Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dash. Okay, sorry. Grandpa here is struggling. <laughs> Dash is is being chased by a bunch of uh, villains and he ru- suddenly runs... Ac- he suddenly realises he can run on water. Yeah. And he does this little laugh where he's like, this is the coolest thing ever. All he does is laugh, but it's a perfect laugh and every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, that's gold. <laughs> Just it, A, it makes me laugh and B, I can... Just imagine the glee that Brad Bird felt when he recorded that. It's like, oh, dude, that is such a good sound. Because having recorded an animated film now, you are after these nuggets of sound and they have to have so much in them, so much more, because you don't have the rest of the body to play with. They mm. literally have that this tiny area of their mouth to work with. And that laugh was awesome. I love that one. There's loads wow. of good laughs in movies, but that was the one I thought of when you asked me this question. Mm. Is it easier to direct an actor to laugh or to cry? Ooh. I don't know. I I mean, it depends on the, who it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, Matthew McConaughey, he uh, he's the one who did the, the sort of the most amount of recording for this film. He was he could do anything. Uh-huh. He was he was ready to go with everything. So he'd come running in from some movie because he's done like five films since I started making this one. Every time he came in, he was like a different bloke. <laughs> he, was like, he was shaved for for that film Gold, yeah. and then he was had this massive beard for the one where he's the oh free state free state yeah. And uh, every time I saw him, he was just this different human being. Uh, but you, he'd come running in, go right, how are we doing? And I was like, good, okay. You're crying in this scene. The t- worst thing has happened. Bang, straight in. No, no, um, no warm up or anything wow. um, yeah. Uh, but yeah they're all I think it's all pretty straightforward Tori Kelly is the only person in the cast who hadn't acted before yeah. so I had to do more with her um, but most of the time she was great the, uh, the worst thing was on the, her first recording session because she hadn't recorded before I'd be in the room with her like I am with you right now and I'd be sort of doing the other lines with her and running around very enthusiastically to be the other person in the scene and I got overheated and I was really excited with how it was going I just got hot so I went to just take off my sweater and you know when you do it fast <laughs> you do it really fast you're like you're talking while you're doing it so you're going yeah well the next scene and as I pull the sweater up I'd obviously caught the t-shirt and the whole thing was over my head, but it was too far to like pull it back down. Do you know what I mean? It was like that. It's like I had to go full topless, <laughs> and she was she was so appalled, and and so were all these people behind this glass booth were all looking at me like, 
the fuck is Jenny's doing? <laughs> like, literally, really horrified. She's only, this is her first session, and Jennings has just she'd taken his clothes off. And I'm standing there like Thomas going, I am so sorry. Also, now the T-shirt's inside out, so I can't just put it. Anyway, there's a good five minutes of sheer, like, massive red face. Like, if you'd been that red at school, everyone would be going, be true, be true. Oh, and, my um, God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I pulled it back together. She still remembers it. I said, do you remember that? I saw her recently. It's just like two years ago we did that now. I said, do you remember that time she walked, when you pulled your clothes off? So, yeah. I'd hoped I was reminding you of something you'd forgotten, but no, it's still, still yeah, branded into her memory. Is this, oh, and it's not pretty either. I mean, I'm not trying to do myself down here, but seriously, it's not. It's like, you know when you see those, those butcher's trucks open at the back and there's that big fleshy pig hanging? That's, that's what it was like for this poor, lovely young singer. But, Jesus, how did I get onto that? How do you, you style just, it out? I mean, you, 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 you can't. There was you, no you styling out. It was lean like, against a wall. No, you can't go. So what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> like what you see? Yeah. That wasn't going to happen. No, no, that would be bad. No, it was literally like pulling the T-shirt out of the sweater. The sweater had swallowed the T-shirt, so I'm pulling the T-shirt out, putting oh. it back on, saying, I'm really sorry about that. That was not what I was trying to do. You know, and you're breathing. Her mum was even there, because she's only like 21 or 22, and her mum had come because it was her first session. So, <laughs> sorry, man, I've brought you down with that hideous it now all your listeners are thinking of a carcass in front of a singer it's disgusting yeah uh, it's just a standard standard week for the Empire yeah, podcast pretty much. Uh, so where were we movie laughs movie laughs yeah. Any, anyone else I, any I, other I, I was gonna I was gonna pay tribute to the Dr. Evil incredibly long oh, and awkward oh, laugh which yes. kind of combines what you were talking about you know a, a good laugh and also awkwardness yeah um, that lasts for way longer than it should yeah, yeah. Um, and then just certainly gives gives rise to <laughs> what's good about fatigue. that fatigue yeah the, the, like the music plays and then it stops and yeah. they keep laughing yeah, they keep, beyond yeah. the music cue and it's just sort of and and and, out. and, it, and it goes through it, it does what uh, the original Austin Powers did a couple of times which is it goes through being funny and out the other side and, until you're like right this isn't funny anymore and then it keeps going and <laughs> yeah. it becomes funny again yes so yeah. Jay was, Roach who directed that yeah. for, he uh, he was the producer on Hitchhikers and he used to call those the torture jokes <laughs> instead oh that's a torture joke where you're basically you got you got to take them through the pain barrier it's like when he was when he first wakes up from his yeah. hypersleep or whatever it right. was cry- cryogenic freeze and he goes for a pee yes <laughs> yeah the weird thing is I'm now at an age where I'm kind of in that zone sometimes <laughs> I'm starting to think that was funny that was like a weird long pee in a film and now it's my normal default <laughs> setting it's really depressing <laughs> yeah. yeah Jesus it's all too much it's like a confessional here this morning yeah <laughs> I admire the fact you've taken off your top low just yeah. to just to yeah. make us feel at home yeah. see how we yeah. go the coffee's nearly done. Yeah. <laughs> when the coffee's yeah. done, yeah. the top comes off. Ooh. That's a Jennings promise. Party time. Let's do it. Yeah. And then the twister mat comes out. And we're on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chris always records bottomless, of course. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. It's perfect synergy. Uh, Star Wars is, uh, is always a good breeding ground for movie laughs, I always find. Or for movie anything. Mm. Except last week's conversation, you, you touched on this slightly, was uh, uh, great movie pissing scenes. And okay. Yeah, we, we mentioned the Austin Powers one and lots of people corrected us on things we overlooked. Mm-hmm. Steve Martin and all of me and, and whatnot. Um, but there's no great pissing scene in Star Wars. And that's a big shame. Sure. I is think it? it's a big shame. Okay. No, there yeah. is in the uh, in those like prequels. There's a bit where R two R two D two just pisses oil everywhere. That's true. That it's, just goes it's everywhere. True. You're like R two D two. Honestly, clear that up. Was that what Michael Bay was riffing on in Transformers? That oh. was the thing. Boop, boop, boop. 
Uh, Boz Naz, he's got a great laugh because uh-huh. he's Brian Blessed. Well, he's Brian and Blessed, Brian Blessed yeah. has a great laugh. Yeah, uh, you know yeah. what? That is a great laugh. Yeah. Uh, Jabba the Hutt's got a great laugh. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yep. That's not oh, yeah. bad. Yeah. So, I like those infectious um, laughs where you end up laughing just like Eddie Murphy's whole. Oh, yes. yeah. That was his like <clears throat> thing, wasn't it? It was like his calling card. Yeah. And you found yourself laughing. I did anyway. I was yeah. laughing all that stuff. Said James. Yeah, that's a James laugh. Yeah, that is. I'm sure that goes down as the filthiest laugh of all time. <laughs> it's actually a filthy, dirty laugh. <laughs> yeah, you know, it sort of like comes right in the back of the throat. Yeah, yeah. I really like Michael Clark Duncan's laugh. He doesn't bring it, break it out a lot, but it's such. I don't know. Something about that man's smile and laugh sound like they come from a four year old. So to see them coming from Michael Clark Duncan always just really delighted me. Oh, really. Yeah. A lot of uh, the iconic characters don't laugh a lot. Darth Vader doesn't laugh a lot, does he? That's weird, isn't you it? You know what would happen, though? If that guy started laughing, he'd just end up coughing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He'd go, oh, 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 oh. You know what I mean? Because he's right on the edge of asthma. And yeah. you don't want to start you laughing. You don't want it. In fact, right. he'd say, no, no, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say, that. Don't say the punchline. He'd go, no, no, don't we? <laughs> James Bond doesn't laugh a lot. He's quite humorless. Was you know? Yeah. We need more yeah. laughter from his villagers. Laughs. Characters. They're like ha ha. You know, it's that kind of. I'm going to get you with this <laughs> laser. Um, <laughs> I think I didn't yeah, know, Mister Bond. You didn't think I knew what you're doing. <laughs> I'm the master of your pain. And then they always have a laugh. But yeah, he, and then Bond yeah. never laughs. No, he just never finds it funny. He never That's joins my in. Pitch. That's, yeah. That's my pitch. You know, if I go up for the next lot, yeah, it's like we're going to have this guy cracking up. He's going to be like <laughs> Mister Fun Times. It's kind of, yeah. I would pay to see that 100%. Yeah. License no, I, to laugh. I, that's, I, why, that's why I'm not getting that gig. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should get that gig. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll, we'll try and make it happen. Come on. Do, we'll do a petition. Me and Idris um, Elba. Come on. Oh. That, the Elbatron. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? That'd be great. So he's directing and you're starring. Is that how it I would, could work? do it. It would be more like watching Mr. Bean. Uh, I would love you know, to Johnny see that. English style. I think people have had enough of that. I think they want the real <laughs> deal. James now. Bond with his shirt off the yeah. entire time. Yeah, Just, I could do that. Ah, push it. Again, you want to shoot my shirt? Film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Off it comes. Yeah, right in front of the villain at the wrong moment. <laughs> Completely disarms him. He's like, I was going to press the button, but that's just, you just fucking freaked me out with that topless shit. You know, it's like, oh my God. And then it's like, too too late. <laughs> you, know, that was, you know, and then, yeah. That was a karate chop I just did there. For your, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the pitch. Let's work on that. Let's get to Miss Broccoli and see what she thinks. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, there, there's tons. There's tons. People always write in and say... Jeff Goldblum. These Jurassic ones Park. Really, oh, yes. Jeff Goldblum. It's such a weird laugh, but yeah. it's so good. I think there's a YouTube video of Jeff Goldblum laughing Jurassic Park for like 10 hours. Someone's just edited it, so yeah. it goes oh. on for 10 hours. It's I could watch so, that. something to sleep to. You know? <laughs> no, I, I can't think of any more off the top of my head, because there's always like in horror movies... Like you were saying, oh, yeah. that villains. Like, obviously, it's not a film, but the laugh that Vincent Price bangs out at the mm. end of the Thriller is phenomenal. Oh God, that's good. You try doing that, like it's amazing. I, yeah, he's got the right voice for that. The he, Thriller laugh, I like. He really does. He really does. Freddy Krueger has a good uh, evil mm. laugh. He's doing okay for himself. Yeah. Uh, the shark in Jaws doesn't laugh. That's a bit <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Why about um, the villain in the Muppet movie who just say, says, Oh, oh maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. laugh. That is awesome. Um, yeah, there's tons. There's tons. I've, I've written a few down here. Salacious Crumb in Star Wars. Right. Seth Rogen in anything. Yeah. Because he's just got this incredible infectious laugh. Uh, it's a weird laugh as well. It's, like, it's yeah. almost like he's got a slight... Uh, like a slight nasal thing going on like it sort of like gets choked in there I had to do an interview with him in the room and I was like god he really does laugh like that 
he really has this <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's it's like, like a whole bunch of his, his nose is part of the deal <laughs> are you alright like, Seth are you, are you okay? it's funny it is infectious like you said because it's like he can't hold it back but it's yeah. genuinely Oh wow! All the pipes are working for that. It's a tickler. Yeah. It's a tickler. Uh, I love Ash and Evil Dead too. There's a sequence where Ash, I have to mention Evil Dead too because it's, 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 yeah. it's contractually obliged. Uh, where he has, he goes nuts in the cabin and he starts laughing and he looks straight at the camera and all the uh, the props and all the the furniture in the cabin comes alive and starts laughing with him. It's a demented scene. Uh, Julia Roberts, you know, in Pretty Roman when Richard Gere snaps oh, the yeah. shot. Oh yeah, but that's one of those like, natural lovely. ones. That's yeah. different. I like those. Yeah, where you think, oh, they've got a little bit of natural. <laughs> stuff out of her <laughs> she was so innocent she probably didn't even know she was playing a prostitute <laughs> that's how the director talks by the way it was perfect that was an uncanny impersonation of, was it Marshall isn't it Gary Marshall, Gary Marshall, Gary Marshall. Yeah. sorry uh, Gary Marshall <laughs> they got a little bit of natural stuff out of her yeah Okay. Um, <laughs> I will not dwell on that. Uh, there's tons. Absolutely. Predator. Tons. End of Predator. Oh, Predator. Yes. What the hell are you? Oh, and my then God. That's that, good. That yeah. maniacal Billy laugh. <laughs> yeah. That one. Yeah. It explodes. So good. Yeah. There's tons. Oh, Richard Dreyfus and Jaws. He's got, again, that's a really natural, lovely, sardonic laugh. The, when does the laugh come in? I can't remind me. When there's There's moments of Quint is busting his balls on the orca right, and he does a sardonic yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, has a great laugh uh, really really great oh that's right no it suddenly come back yeah. to me yeah it's a really good one you're yeah. right that's a peach that one very sardonic uh, there's yeah. tons there's tons but as ever you will write in and tell us all the ones we've missed <laughs> uh, but you can do so uh, we're on Twitter as at Emperor Magazine uh, use the hashtag Emperor Podcast uh, or we won't see it we're on Facebook as Emperor Magazine and you can email us as well podcast at EmperorOnline.com and do send in any other questions, of course, if you wanted to discuss them on the Empire podcast. Right, so Garth is still here. So, should we uh, talk about some movie news? Yes. Yes, where should we See start? what's happening. Oh, we'll start with everything you want. All right, fine. I'm going to start with, with yeah. Spider-Man, but not with Tom Holland, Tom Holland or Tom Holland. We are getting a, an animated big screen Miles Morales but uh, we don't know yet that he'll be voiced by Donald Glover. They're saying probably not. He obviously did voice him in a Disney XD series. As we all know. As we all, sure. as I think sure. we all know. Uh, and he is a, he is a fan favourite for the role, but uh, but there's no confirmation that we... Is, yeah. it, is it Phil Lord and Chris Miller are, are developing it, right? Are they, are they writing the screenplay, I think? I believe so, Which yes. Which is good. I think it's true to say that they're writing all of the screenplays. <laughs> that that is correct, yes. yes. I'm pretty sure they're, they've written Sing, I think. I should check. <laughs> I should just double-check they didn't write my... My film. I'm just going to have a look at that once we get yeah. out. Yeah, they wrote yeah. the script for this podcast. Yeah, I, mean, they've, they've I think it's for some of the finest <laughs> work so far. That bit about uh, the laughs was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Perichetti and Peter Ramsey are directing, and they're looking at 2018 to release it. Interesting. Hmm. Um, staying in the uh, the animated world, which feels appropriate with Mr. Jennings with us. Um, uh, we've got news on the Emoji movie. Oh, good! Yes. I'm sure we're all excited about that. Yes! Um, what do you think of, when you think of Patrick Stewart, you think of Professor Charles Xavier, you think of Captain Jean-Luc Picard, you, yeah. th- you might think of his association with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Maybe, oh, yes. Like sure. his uh, his appearance in the landmark BBC series, I, Claudius. Or Green Room, mm-hmm. his terrifying jumper. Y- yes, uh, yes. Yeah. You might not think of him as a cartoon shit, um, I beg your pardon. But this is what yeah, we will yes. be thinking about. He is a knight of the realm and he will be playing the poo emoji Good. in the emoji movie. 
Wow. Well, if um, anyone can do it, it's going to be shit all over that film. <laughs> Seriously, he's going to make sure that there's shit in every frame. Because <laughs> he's a scene stealer. He is. Yeah. He is, yeah. And he is. so, yeah. I could do more of those kind of jokes, but I feel like no, I've no. already peaked. The, yeah. So let's just walk away from that. Yeah. He yeah. may go method. Do you think he'll go method? <laughs> I would from, don't tell me how. No. Yeah. How would you do go method? No. I've, you'd yeah. be smeared from head oh, to toe. Oh. What? No. Jesus. I'm just saying. I mean, he has got form with kind of, you know. With shit? What? No, with like dodgy, not dodgy comedy, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> comedy of bad taste. Like he's right. he's been on yes. American Dad for years. Yes, yes. I think he can pull this off. Oh, no, no j- joking aside, I reckon he can. Yeah. Oh, he's he totally great. Can. He will what was that it? lovely series he just did in uh, in the States, the Seth MacFarlane? Oh, Blunt Talk. Yeah, there mm. you go. Yeah. He, he's got it. He'll be fine. It's I good. think. It's going to be all right, people. We we can stand down. Yeah, I think yeah. Pooh is in safe hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have you got? Um, well, well, should we stick with animation one beat? Why longer? not? We've already talked about Julia Roberts, um, and she has taken on an animated role. She will be playing Smurf Willow, whoever that is, in Smurfs: The Lost Village. They've lost their village. They've lost their <laughs> How village. How do you lose your village? <laughs> to be fair, it is very small. I mean, <laughs> wake falls down like, the back of a sofa or something. Yeah, they all got munted and they're all like, <laughs> they went out raving in a field and they'd come back like, I can't find the village. <laughs> where's the village? Yeah. Oh, I mean, no, yeah. where's the village? <laughs> yeah. So apparently, Smurfette has a mysterious map that purports to show. A lost village. Yeah, uh-huh. right. And so they all head off to find it. I, I don't. I don't. Just, you're, that's, that's, that's you're not it. selling it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I but mean, it's going to be alright. Listen, those that stuff. My lot will all watch that. Yeah, yeah. I've got a bunch of little people that will be up for the Smurf. <laughs> that, I mean, that's basically uh, Julia Roberts' sort of uh, thinking as well. She loved yeah. it as a kid. She's got kids. They love it. So she has got why a not, great you know? voice. I think she. Mm. You know. Uh, that'll work if we yeah. can get some natural yeah. laughs out of her again I mean, then we'll be, yeah. we'll you just slam sorted. a box in her face that, that, that tends, <laughs> yeah. when she's startled like a, she laughs it's every time you do that yeah. <laughs> and then after she goes stop it <laughs> stop it you know how, how, how I react to boxes being slammed in my face so you did that on purpose no I didn't slam oh <laughs> every time every yeah. single it's her, yeah. it's, her, it's her torture it's a torture really thing yeah, for her yeah. she's trapped in a never ending hell of people slamming boxes <laughs> yeah. in her face but because she laughs people think yeah. she loves it it's yeah. just Hey, there's also a ghost, uh, Goosebumps sequel coming. I'm excited about this. We really like this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Goosebumps so, is good. Yeah. So it's due in uh, 2018, the usually quiet first. So basically January 2018, a year from now, we're going to get a follow-up. Um, same creative team back. They haven't confirmed the cast yet. They haven't confirmed whether Jack Black, for example, is returning. Of course he's going to have Jack Black in there. Presumably, you have Come to, on. right? I mean, you know? he died in the first movie, obviously, horribly at the end of it, but I think he, he could come back. Spoiled. What? No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. okay. I was like, I was like wait, no, he did. wait, what? <laughs> that was confusing. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, we've got to be helpful for that because the first one was, was really good fun. So, yeah. Hurrah. It was. Goosebumps too. We like. Yeah. We like you. Uh, what do you think of this news? Jerry Seinfeld. Who watches comedians getting mm, coffee yeah. in cars? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. So it's going to Netflix. Mm. He's made it uh, That's good. as of next year, as of this year. Wait, this is 2017. I keep forgetting. Uh, and so he signed a new deal. So that's going to be going to Netflix. And he's also going to be doing two, this is very exciting, two new stand-up shows just for Netflix, which is amazing. That that's is great. Cool. Have, have you ever seen him live? Seinfeld? I've never seen him you know, in person live. I've seen his live act on TV and stuff right. on, on, on the internet. 
Easy. Are those comedians in cars getting coffee episodes, though, are as addictive as coffee itself? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the one with Obama? Yes. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. God, it's just delightful. And I love the one with Louis C.K. where seen that one. he starts to recount the story of his... Uh, he bought a boat. Louis C.K. was minted and he was like, I'm buying a boat. And he bought this massive boat and then he gets stuck. And not only does he recount the story brilliantly, but they animate the story. <laughs> it's oh, really amazing. worth checking out. It's really, really good. And Chris Rock, the one with Chris Rock is oh, wow. delightful. Yeah. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus as well. Phenomenal. Yeah. Incredible. I think I've seen them all. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah, them all. I love them. I absolutely yeah. love them. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, Ocean's Eight's getting a whole bunch of new cast members. We've seen this. So Richard Armitage has joined. Yeah. Uh, last week, James Corden signed on. We don't know in which capacity. Presumably carpool karaoke. And apparently there's two Kardashians playing yes. themselves because the Met Ball plays a part of the plot. Right. Um, and so they're at the Met Ball. Yeah. Apparently. Smart move. I can see what they're doing there. Yeah. 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 You only need one of those two to tweet the movie and half the planet will be <laughs> <laughs> notified. Exactly. Yeah, they thought this through. Yes. It's Kim Kardashian, who is, of course, the the Kardashian mothership, uh, and then there's there's Kendall Jenner, who is a smaller Kardashian who breaks off from she's the main. She's not, I believe Kardashian. she's yeah. not the yeah. sort of supermodel one. Really? Yeah. I'm not keeping up with this stuff. Well, you should really. Naomi uh, is, is smiling in the corner. Garth's uh, publicist, who's here today. So Kendall Jenner is she's a supermodel. Yeah, she's a supermodel. All right, you guys keep talking. I'll Google. <laughs> And I think strictly the mothership is the one who's the mother. But, you know, no, but it's not, okay. not in this case. Uh, no, I think the mother has stepped down and allowed As the, mother. Yeah. The, the, the mothership to take over. Yeah. yeah. But I'm very excited about uh, Ocean's 8, mostly because the coats in it look incredible. They're all wandering around <laughs> yeah. wearing just, just gorgeous coats. And I'm, I'm very excited about that. It's um, the coats. It's the coats. Yeah. Seriously, this That's is... That's all they should do for the trailer. Yeah, just have, like, it'd be like a fashion show Denim, kind of cut. Oh, leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. So Duffel. Good. Yeah, it's all in there. It's all there. It's all happening. Yeah. Uh, and there's one really interesting story. I think you've got it up as well. I have, yeah. Star Trek Discovery, the, the return of Star Trek to the small screen, which I'm very excited about. I didn't uh, know that. It's a good news, mm. yeah, it's a good news, bad news situation, this one. So this is kind of a, a Starfleet training ship, I think sort of thing um, it's already got Michelle Yeoh as the as a cast member uh, The Walking Dead Sonequa Martin-Green okay. Doug Jones Anthony Rapp really really great people they've added James Frain and he's going to be playing Sarek who I think we all know is Spock's dad so that's uh, right. super mm-hmm. good casting as Sarek I have to say yeah. I think he's really really is good is this like a prequel thing is this set before James it's T it's set between James T and Picard I believe okay uh, and uh, so they've, they've unveiled, course. I believe Isn't it that's pre, right. Pre Kirk. I pre-Kirk. thought it was pre Kirk. Yeah, it's pre Kirk. Yeah. It's a pre Kirk, sir. Well, uh, well done, me. I saw uh, yeah. and, uh, keeping up. Yeah, so he's going to be Sarak. I mean, aside from the unfortunate uh, acronym of Star Trek Discovery, it's 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 really shaping up very, very well indeed. Uh, the bad news with all of this this week is that it's being further delayed. So they were talking about having it for basically the start of this year, and then it's kind of slipped back and slipped back, and they were saying yeah. May. It's definitely going to be on in May. And they're now saying, you know what, we might not be ready for May, so we're just going to, it's going to be out, and we're just going to get it right and then release it, which is very sensible from a quality perspective, but, you know, some of us are waiting around for it here. So. I know what they're doing. They're waiting to see how the inauguration goes before. Are we all still alive? Okay, yes. right, proceed. Yeah. We're good. Uh, the nation holds its breath. <laughs> yeah. 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 
the world holds yeah, yeah. Well, we shall see this could be the last Emperor podcast yeah it's been nice it's been, knowing you, <laughs> yeah, you, got, you seriously see you, see you in the what? bunker see you yeah last one to the bunker close the door behind you yes yeah. we'd be okay here I think <clears throat> in this room yes yeah We'd be soundproof, at least. Yeah, we could scream in here. <laughs> could let it all out. Endless We've access screaming. to kitchen. Yes. Yeah. There's a Coke machine right there. Just 60p for a can of Coke. Or we could probably break into it. Yeah. yeah. Trump would find a way, though. He'd find a way. <laughs> He'd be like, make sure those guys don't get any soft drinks. I want to starve in there. Because that's how he thinks. I yeah. know this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. It's quite Absolutely. petty. Petty, yeah. very. Apparently he only drinks Diet Coke. Is this true? What? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not that close to him. I'll be honest. Really? No. So really? I know. I know. You like. You know. I know politically, you've like aligned. I was so so close. <laughs> so super close. Yeah. yeah. Right. Is that enough movie news? I should think we, it's probably enough. Should we mention briefly um, Lost no. in London? No, we should never. Yes, of course we should. Um, because that's happening as we record. Is that tonight? Yeah. So uh, this is Woody Harrelson's live movie. Yes. Do you know about this, Garth? No. So he, Woody Harrelson's in London right now, and he's been rehearsing for the last four or five weeks. And tonight at about 1 a.m., so by the time this podcast is out, it will have happened. Yes. And we'll know whether it worked or not. Um, and it is a live movie that is based on an uh, experience he had in his real life in 2002 when he had an argument with his wife while staying in London. He left and got into an altercation uh, with some gentleman and was arrested uh, and pursued through London by, by the police. And so he's turned this into a film. And he decided, as his directorial debut, not just to do a simple chamber piece or do a three-hander, uh, he decided to do a movie that will take place over 14 locations with 30 actors, including Owen Wilson and Willie Nelson. <laughs> Willie Nelson! Yeah. <laughs> and, um, he's a regular Londoner. <laughs> he really yeah. is. And uh, he's doing it tonight, 1am, uh, and it's going to be going out live. And wait, it's, wait, wait. How do you do a live film? Uh, I, mean, I, know, I know live TV, I've got that. Yeah. Um, How's he broadcasting it to, cin- to cinemas? To cinemas, so yeah. He broadcasts to cinemas, Picture House Central over here. like the Royal Ballet and stuff like that, yeah. don't they? They do like they a do. simulcast. Yeah. Wow, that's but a But it's good single one. camera as well, One right? shot. One, one shot, one take, like Victoria. One shot. Yeah. I'm well, fascinated. That's exciting. That yeah. is genuinely exciting. Good man. Is that something that you would, you would do? Or is that uh, just too insane? Uh, to be honest, um, I wouldn't start with the technique. Mm-hmm. Like, I, uh, I'd... I'd I like the idea of the story anyway, um, but the idea of making it into an event, mm. a live event, is really good. Yeah, I hope he, I hope he pulls it off. I really do. That sounds great. Would I do it? Uh, I've done lots of weird stuff before. Yeah, I'd be if it was great and I was in love with the idea. Yes, that's awesome. a yes. That's, that's a yes. A yes. Confirmed. That's a firm commitment. Do you want never yeah. done before? A live animated movie. Oh. So well, over, idea. over I mean, five years, it's a problem with the idea. It's that Simpsons joke, isn't it? It's a real strain on the animator's wrists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a real strain. It is fascinating. Uh, yeah. We we did a Facebook Live thing with him last night on the set as he was going for the the f- one of the final run-throughs, oh, and. Really? This will have happened by the time you listen to this. I am doing the Q and A with him at three in the morning. Uh, after the film takes place so he will finish the film and then while the credits roll he will book it from wherever he is back to the studio wherever that is can't say and and there we will be and then suddenly hello Woody you know it'll be broadcast so the people in the theatre will have watched it live and then he'll walk in and then they'll get me (laughs) (laughs) three in the morning oh so you're going to be awake (laughs) 
I'm going to be awake at three Have in the morning. Got a nap I'm not awake now. This afternoon. No, I'm going on set of a major movie in about three hours' time. What, and what uh, movie's that? I, I can't say, but Come on, um, man, I can can I say? I'm sure I've signed something. I've signed you, something. Yeah, I have signed something. But it, you it, always it's a say sequel. when I've signed something. Yes, a little kind of clue. Well, I'd say whenever you sign something, so you can hint at it. You could hint at it. Oh, I could. I could hint at could, like. Think you of haven't. Major London rail terminuses. Major London <laughs> yeah, rail terminuses. Yeah, that's a good clue. That's a good yeah. clue. Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, King's Cross. Oh. And I'm oh. thinking of. Oh, I'm thinking of a very famous <laughs> state <laughs> that could. Oh, 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 here we go. Yeah. All your listeners are like, yeah, we, we've got yeah. it. Marrow the Bone. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> Tooting Beck. <laughs> it's the movie. Yeah. Penn's West, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that cute. I'd be all over that. That'd wow. be amazing. So I'm going to settle that. And then I've got to come back from that at about 11 uh, p.m. tonight. Don't, you know, small, world's smallest violin and all that. But then somehow I've got to stay awake yeah. uh, for this. It's going to be extraordinary, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I really hope it works. Wear pajamas on stage. <laughs> Just do it. That'll throw Woody off. Yeah. <laughs> do the intro going. <laughs> Oh, what did you just do? Why did you do that? Why did you do that, Woody? <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time, in fairness. I've had a, I've had a Woody at three in the morning. Oh, oh dear. Wow. He did oh, it. He dear. did the joke. We set him up for it. It's our fault, people. He's only doing... Anyway. He has to it's learn a to take thing. It's a natural inclination. Garth understands. I'm, because I'm, he holds his head in his I'm hands. I'm holding my head in my hands right now. Who <laughs> did I'll walk right into it. Okay. Well, can I just say, because you, you are you are about to leave, because we're not going to let you, we're not going to subject you to reviewing other people's movies. That would be that would be wrong. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're going to say goodbye to you, but you have slipped off your jumper in a very stealthy uh, yeah, fashion. Yeah, get out of it without revealing without my upper it. body. Yeah. <laughs> so you've learned. Yeah. Finally, slow. <laughs> Do it slowly. Yeah. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you, Thank you for having we me. would love fun. to have you back again. Uh, just don't make it five years next time. I'll do my best. I'll speed it up next time. <laughs> Thanks. Garth Jennings, thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So there we go. Garth, that was fantastic. What a nice guy. What, what a, a gent. lovely man. What a lovely, lovely what a guy. What a gent. True gent. Yeah. I, I um, New gent. New, no, that's me. Oh, yeah. Um, I used to listen to the Adam and Joe podcast. I don't know if you did, but he used to fill in for Joe when Joe was away. Right. It was the Adam and Garth podcast. Oh, right. So he's a bit of a podcast... Uh, Aficionado. Legend. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got a history, and you could tell. I mean, he he knows that sort of format. He's a very funny man. Uh, but he's gone now, which means we can talk about Sky Atlantic, who, of course, sponsored this week's podcast. Uh, season two, series two, however you want to say it. Season, series. How do you say it? Uh, if it's US, I go season. If it's UK, I go series. Mm. But what if it's a US show in the UK? A season. There we go. Season two of Billions starts in February exclusively on Sky Atlantic. If you didn't catch season one, uh, it was about how wealth and influence and corruption collide. It's great drama. It's set in New York. It features Damien Lewis as Bobby Axelrod, who's an ambitious, ruthless city trader. And Paul Giamatti, who's the tough U.S. attorney, Chuck Rhodes. These are great names. Bobby Axelrod and Chuck, and Chuck Rhodes. Uh, and it's very much about their tussle as uh, as Chuck Rhodes tries to take Axelrod down. And as he, as he attempts to do so, things get difficult. Personal relationships, 
further complicate their power battle uh, as they try to outmaneuver one another. Uh, it's it's huge exciting. Uh, season two is going to start soon on Sky Atlantic. Very very excited. The showrunners are Brian Koppelman and David Lefine, who are a writing and directing team who've been together for years. They wrote the likes of Rounders and uh, Ocean's Thirteen, uh, and they have teamed up with uh, Aaron Ross Sorkin on this as well. Um, and it's really fascinating to see where season two is going to go uh, because the balance of power is going to shift between Axelrod and Rhodes uh, as Wendy. Rhodes' wife, who's also a friend and associate of Axelrod, just to make things interesting, has left to head out on her own. Um, fun fact, interesting, don't even know this, Metallica cameo. Did you see it last season? No. It's really good. Check it out. Wow. Uh, Metallica guessed, uh, guessed it on an episode last season as themselves, uh, because Copman, uh, in particular, is such a huge fan huh. of the band. Uh, I've got a sneaking suspicion, just from checking out his tweets, that another band may be cameoing in season two. Could be very, very interesting. Uh, within the first 24 hours alone, it was downloaded. The first episode was downloaded 500,000 times. Uh, so if you are late to the party and if you haven't watched it, like John Nugent, disgraceful John Nugent. I'm sorry. Uh, make sure you catch up on season one uh, in time for season two in February. Uh, it's on Sky now. Uh, and also new to Sky Atlantic, do not miss Gorilla this April. It's written and directed by John Ridley, of course the Academy Award winning dra- uh, writer of 12 Years a Slave. Uh, it features Idris Elba, who also executive produces, uh, Frida Pinto and Babu Cisse. Uh, it's set against the backdrop of one of the most politically explosive periods in UK history in the 1970s. Uh, it's a love story that follows a couple who go head-to-head against a racist police force uh, to liberate a prisoner and form a radical underground cell that targets a London Black Power Desk, which is a counterintelligence unit within Special Branch. Uh, it sounds fantastic. Great cast, great pedigree. Uh, and there's new big-screen drama like that and Billions every month exclusively on Sky Atlantic. And if you like the sound of what you've heard today, make sure you do not miss those shows. So Billions, once again, next month, February, Billions Season 2, and then Gorilla, April, very exciting stuff indeed. Okay. So, our second guest this week, now that Garth Jennings has vacated the pod booth, is one of our finest actors and a lovely chap to boot. He's been a number of different characters throughout his career. Mr. Tumnus, Professor Charles Xavier, with or without hair, Robbie Turner in Atonement, Arthur Christmas, and more. But they were always in different movies. But now he's going for the record by playing a bunch of different characters in the same movie, in the same body. The movie is split... Uh, and he is, of course, James McAvoy. He stars as a man of multiple personalities, not all of them nice. I went and spoke to uh, him earlier on this week, and you know what? He was lovely. Or at least, the James McAvoy he allowed me to speak to was lovely. Ooh. Very exciting. Uh, enjoy the interview. We're delighted to be joined on the Emperor Podcast by the star of Split, James McAvoy. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Good, good, good. Uh, this movie is, I imagine one of the most phenomenal acting challenges you've had in your career. <laughs> fair to say? Uh, yeah. No, it is. Yes, it is fair to say. It's, it was a big old uh, workout and it was one that um, uh, put me on my bum a little bit. But that said, it, it, was a, it was a big acting challenge because of the amount of sort of creative effort that had to go into it and yeah. the amount of hours that I had to spend on it and... Um, and like that, but the biggest acting challenge, the biggest actual challenge I've ever had yeah. is working with a bad director, bad script, and bad actors. And actually, you no, know, the actors were fine. The actors were great. The director was just a 
toss spot and the, the <laughs> script was rubbish I don't know what and the script wasn't even rubbish the script just wasn't quite there and it just needed a bit of extra work and a bit of this that and the next thing it would have been perfect but the direct- so basically he was working with a bad director is what I'm saying that's the biggest challenge I've ever had um, you're not naming names in that one I can't I can't everybody would be shocked to hear who it is I mean shocked <laughs> tell me when this is off okay. and I'll, I'll tweet it <laughs> So, okay, I'll see what happens. Um, but that, yeah, that, I imagine that is quite tricky. That's the sort of thing that you're trying, you, you know, you're at a position in your career where you can, I imagine for the most part, avoid situations like that because you, you, you know. Well, you think this guy yeah. was somebody you didn't expect it from. Okay. But, um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, but this, so this on Split was difficult, but I had a great director and a great cast and a great uh, script. So it meant that it was it was difficult because it was like trying to climb a big high mountain. Yeah. But it was achievable because it was a climbable mountain. <laughs> what am I saying? I'm speaking <laughs> in rubbish metaphors that don't illustrate my point. You've been doing this um, all day, so I imagine it was satisfying. Right. You get to the top and it's satisfying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Rather than climbing up a mountain that's never got any top. Yeah. You know, um, I'll try and answer the next one without a rubbish metaphor. <laughs> so we're told that in the movie, Kevin has 23 personalities, maybe a 24th is in there as well. Uh, at the end of the movie, you're credited with about eight or nine, and I think we see about eight or nine. I play nine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, were you disappointed you didn't get to do the other 14 or 15, if my maths is I got this job so last minute. Okay. Somebody else pulled out. Right. <laughs> he was going to be whacking Phoenix, but I think he wanted too much money or something like that. I'm joking. I don't know why he pulled it. It was probably a scheduling conflict. Um, That's usually what it is. Yeah. He yeah. heard that I was on the scene. He was like, oh, no, I better leave it to Mark. Um, <laughs> no. Um, I don't know why he pulled it. I think it was a scheduling conflict, but I got this like last minute and I had to do I had to do my job nine times in the time it usually takes me to like quarter prepare one character you know um, so I was I was happy not to do anymore I was um, <laughs> I was not bothered about any other characters that he was thinking about or nearly put in the movie I was like good good don't want to know about it thanks very much cheers got a lot <laughs> on my plate here leave me alone um, so yeah no it was it was good Bloody though hell. got it all done but it was tight there was one character who really didn't come alive properly until we were on camera and Roland won the first time for him and it, it was just luck that not luck but it felt it, maybe it was fate or serendipitous that it was the it was the moment the cameras were rolling that, that something clicked and galvanised the character but then that's quite often the case that yeah. some things you can rehearse as much as you like and you can have the best actors in the world and the script is perfect and the director's incredible and you just can't find the scene and then you go on stage for the first time yeah. in front of an audience or you go on a camera uh, for the first time to film it and everything works some scenarios some some scenes some characters even need an audience need a stage need the nerves need the camera yeah, need, yeah, yeah. you know and that's um, that was just really brilliant actually because it made me feel like I was on stage more the fact that it wouldn't happen unless I was actually performing because it's the it's the opposite sometimes isn't it, to what people think film acting is which is that you so you've got to convince yourself that the cameras aren't there, that that you're alone in your room, you're in your own head, you're you somehow become the character, and therefore any sort of technical awareness is bad somehow yeah. is is, yeah. is bad for you. Um, but but I'm very aware of all these things. I'm aware of my audience. I'm aware of the camera. I'm aware of the technical aspects of it all. And somehow that elevated that character and brought that character forth. And I was like, yes. Big up for the technical actors. <laughs> Validation for the technical actor there. 
<laughs> Can you say which character it is? Uh, yeah, it was a nine-year-old boy called Hedwig. Hedwig. Um, who's really innocent and goofy and fun, um, mixed with malevolent and nasty and got a slightly morbid fascination with the lead girl. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so what, what happened? Well, you know, is it just a... You know, have you ever had the opposite happen? Have you ever gone onto set and thought, okay, this is it, it's got to happen now, and it doesn't happen now? And then what if happened that happens, in this film? Happens? Yeah, there's yeah. a scene where I um, had to play eight of the characters that cohabit the same body that the entire community use or live in, and. Um, uh, and I had to do all eight of those characters in like a four minute scene I think it was going from one to the other to the other to the other very quickly and all of them in a state of high anxiety mm. um, and, and and the night or two before that I'd been I'd been sort of preparing for it and in my head I'd I'd build it as probably the most difficult thing I've ever had to do as an actor in my career my 20 year my some 20 year or 19 year career at that point mm. and um, and so of course when I got onto set it was the most difficult thing I'd ever had to do <laughs> not because it was inherently difficult because I'd made it difficult yeah. and it was do you know what it was an example of one of the things you talk about in the film which is the power of the mind affecting the body yeah, yeah, which yeah. is that my, my mind had decided it was going to be physically impossible for me to do this and therefore it became physically impossible for me to do this I got so angry with myself during the scene that I punched the wall and broke my hand <laughs> you, so I, like like proper idiot right um, anyway we came back and we did it all again because it just it wasn't terrible but it wasn't what I wanted yeah um and I just didn't worry about it, didn't think about it, and trusted that I'd done all the technical work, yeah. uh, and I'd done all the, my research, and I and I knew these characters and their bones, you know. Yeah, what yeah I mean? of course. And so, just don't worry about it. Which is the way I'd done the, every other scene in the movie, <laughs> which is like forget that you've got all this research behind you. Just feel the camera, feel the room, feel the actor that you're working with. Try and connect with them, and try and make the story exist in the space that is between you. Not just worry about what you're doing. Yeah, you know? of course. Um, and so did that, and it all went swimmingly well, and I was really happy with the scene that we've got now. And I didn't break my other hand doing it. It's just, <laughs> it's just, Is your hand okay now? My hand's fine now. Yeah, it was right. a year ago. I can box again. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, I was reading your IMDb trivia page, which is always a, a fun... I'm not sure it's particularly accurate. <laughs> it's a fun trip down the start, rabbit hole. Apparently I'm from Port Glasgow, and I've got a middle name, which is Andrew. Neither of these things are true. Well, this is the thing, because we have this thing called IMD Bunker. Ah, because right. there's so much crap written on the IMDb, yeah. so I'm gonna you know run a couple of things past you, to see what you, you know, see if you can uh, you know say they're, they're true or false. Okay. Uh, an addiction to Xbox while he was filming Becoming Jane made him forget his lines. No, it didn't make me forget my lines. <laughs> it did make me melt the the CD the CD with the game on it, um, <laughs> so that I would never be able to play it again. Because I'd had I'd gone 40 hours without much sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I was working I was actually working but I didn't forget my lines I don't think alright okay um, this is an interesting one this this pertains to your next project Crash the 1980s Porsche 911 on the set of The Coldest City you true very true that stunt was wicked man <laughs> what happened uh, I had to I had to uh, 
Charlize Theron's in the back of a car she's having a fight she decides to do the old like I'm going to just destroy the whole car I've got my seatbelt on but nobody else does ha 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 and uh, she gets totaled the car flips and then I'm driving my Porsche chasing them and I tail fish the Porsche and as the Porsche screeches to a halt like the back wheel is still making smoke I open the door and charge out I'm like yes but so we did it like eight or nine times and it was proper wicked and um, and then the last time I did it I pulled the handbrake and right. it just nothing was happening <laughs> nothing was happening and I was flying towards the camera department oh my god at like 40 mile an hour or something like that and um, so I just swerved as hard as I could hoping that it would swing the back out a little bit and um, and it did and I crashed it into I can't remember what I crashed it into I crashed it into the dolly track and the wall that had been laid for the next setup, but there was nobody around it which was great <laughs> another one here is about how you passed your driving test at age 30 yes that's true well if you'd passed it at 25 you might not have crashed a car oh. <laughs> just saying but the weird thing is I'd played a car thief and shameless and driven many many cars on film sets over <laughs> many years nobody's ever asked me for my driving licence <laughs> So, I can't believe it. I was driving Idi Amin around in a fucking car, doing stunts in a like a nineteen canteen Mercedes, and nobody. It had holes in the floor of this Mercedes, like you could Flintstone it, and nobody was asking me for my driver's license. I remember telling Forrest Whitaker, and it might be the only moment in the entire experience that I saw him come out of accent as Idi Amin. He was like, "What? What?" <laughs> Well, there you go, Forrest. It's an important lesson about making assumptions. Right. There you go. Uh, last one. You worked as a trained confectioner for two and a half or three years. No, I, no, I wasn't trained, but I was training. Okay. Yeah, I was training. I was a trainee confectioner. So if this had all gone tits up, you might have been I, I could have making iced sweets. Some, I could have iced your buns. Um, yeah. Wow. Yep. That sounds something. Yep. Okay, interesting. <laughs> uh, and then next up, we do have the coldest city. Aye. What can you tell us about that? From the director of City is um, from one of the t- co-directors of John Wick yeah. and um, and soon to be directing Deadpool Two. Mm-hmm. Um, he's brilliant. He's really good. I've never worked with anybody that can film action like he does. Um, wow! And the action that's in uh, Coldest City is is amazing because you can see it. Like, it sounds like an obvious thing to say but you can see everything that happens you can see the thought behind it you can see the emotion behind it and you can see it land and you can see the damage it does it's just I don't know how I don't know why it's not always like that but it's amazing Um, uh, yeah it's it's a drug and alcohol fueled sex sexed up punk 80s spy movie <laughs> it's really and it's super violent you had me at every single one of those words by yeah the way. me too I'm yeah. like, I want to see that <laughs> well good and a minute with um, Eddie Marzan who I did filth with as well mm. I've kind of got a similar relationship to him than the one that we had with Bruce and Bladesy well that's going to be interesting isn't it <laughs> okay so no holds barred it's not a PG-13 Mm-mm. type of movie alright uh, I've got to wrap it up but um, James Michael my pleasure oh, no, man what a nice man he's one of our finest nerds <laughs> He is, isn't he? He is. Yeah, big Star, big star Trek fan. Yeah. Um, should we do some reviews? Hey, that's a good <laughs> that's idea. That's a great idea. So let's start with Split, which is, of course, M. Night Shyamalan's latest movie. Uh, and it stars James McAvoy, as we've established, as a man who has 23... Yeah. 23 separate personalities and he uh, several of them go bad and then he kidnaps three girls uh, headed up by Anya Taylor-Joy and promises that something terrible is going to happen to them and that a 24th personality called the Beast may 
be be surfacing and may have evil designs on them. Um, what do we make of this? Yeah, this is, I mean, I think this is a bit of a return to form uh, for M. Night, who has had a few difficult years, I think it's fair to say. Um, you know, there were, there were definitely some good bits in his recent films, but they haven't, certainly at the box office, haven't generally connected. And this could be, you know, this could be a, a sort of a return to what works. I mean, we're back in Philadelphia, which is obviously his sort of hometown. Um, and it, we're back with a sort of a, a, a really... A proper thriller, a uh, sort of a, I guess, a psycho thriller, um, but much weirder than that sounds. So, you've got McAvoy here as twenty-three different characters in one body, uh, ranging from a sort of, you know, English matriarch to a, a, like a tiny child, basically. And some of them are extremely sinister, and some of them are quite friendly or at least non-threatening um, and what's interesting here is is the kind of the interaction I guess between him first of all and then also um, as Anya Taylor-Joy's character um, who was uh, Casey wasn't it Casey? Yes. Um, and Casey basically kind of twigs that he is does suffer from multi personality disorder and starts kind of playing his character's off against one another so it's kind of a, a cleverer twist on the usual sort of oh maybe I can force my kidnappers to work against each other thing and, and, and because it's all mm. one person at the same time so it's it's kind of some really clever mind games between them she is fantastic again she was great in The Witch she was good in Morgan even though Morgan wasn't and um, and I think she 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 does really well to kind of play off this extraordinary performance by McAvoy and that is kind of I guess the, the number of the film between the two of them um, yeah some really weird stuff it goes to some surprising places I think but it's not I wouldn't I don't want it to call it twist exactly it's not like a, an M. Night Shyamalan twist film in the same way that you might be expecting it's a little bit different than that is that fair? Yeah, I mean, they're twists. Twists, yeah. It's yeah, not, so, but it's twists. not sort of. Oh my goodness! You know, he's dead. Yeah. Well, there oh. is an absolute doozy. Yeah, there is. Well, yeah, but, but almost worthy of a spoiler special. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, we won't be going down that road. Uh, yeah, this is this is an interesting film. This, there's been a, there's, there's, this movie is going to split people. I think down mm. the middle. Uh, I know Ha-ha. people. I know. I know people who absolutely hate this film. Uh, but I also know people who absolutely love it, yeah. and I, I'm 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 in the I'm in the latter camp. I, I really am. liked yeah. it. Yeah, it's more more. I mean, I Kim gave it four, and that feels that feels closer yeah. to me. I think there are definitely. I mean, no question about it. There are massive plot holes here. There is stuff that makes very little sense, but you kind of don't care because you know because it is suspenseful as you're watching it, and you know it is very funny at times as well. Yeah, it's got a really lovely, darkly comedic tone to it. Uh, it it it. it it's a film that I think I'm surprised actually hasn't engineered controversy yet because uh, of Shyamalan's use of this disorder, disassociative identity disorder, mm. DID, um, which which uh, Kevin in the movie suffers from. Uh, I'm surprised he hasn't generated a lot of controversy with that. But uh, it is also uh, a case of a horror writer or a thriller writer taking a, a well-known disorder as many many horror writers have over the yeah. years and turned it into a giant what if and there's a real there's a fantasy element to this that yeah. I think allows him to get away with stuff the film does lurch into really dark territory towards the end certain things that I, we can't really talk about no, definitely um, not 
that I actually had a bit of a problem with. Um, but before that, before everything else, uh, it is quite a lot of fun. It is much closer in tone and style to Sixth Sense and Unbreakable and Signs and Impact, I feel, than the, the, his latter films, which have, been, you know, which have gone off the rails, The Happening and The Lady in the Water and After Earth and... Yeah. Some some pretty some pretty poor films, it has to be said. But I, I think he's showing signs that he might be back on track here. And um, it's really tough to talk about this, but there's there's uh, something that happens in this film that, that made me very, very happy. And we'll talk about it in later weeks. In fact, there will be an interview with Shyamalan discussing this development on the Empire website uh, next week. Probably Monday. So once everyone's had a chance to see it and see this thing mm-hmm. I even hate referencing the fact that there is a thing because now people know there's there's something but listen it's an Night Shyamalan film of course there's something there's always so, a thing there's always a thing there's always another twist uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that one four stars for Split yeah I, I'm right I'm absolutely fully aligned with that but I can see why people might find aspects of this movie questionable and perhaps even tasteless although I would argue that you see worse every single episode of Criminal Minds. <laughs> <laughs> not sure that's a recommendation the way you think it is, but okay. It's a, a, uh, no, it's not a recommendation, uh-huh. but it's a, okay. a defence. Yeah. Uh, so, four stars for Split. And then also we have Jackie, yeah. which is uh, about Jackie Chan. No. No, it's about Emre Chan, <laughs> Liverpool's... <laughs> it's Jackie Kennedy. Midfielder. Jackie Kennedy. Yes, Jackie. Uh, it is Star Police Squad no that's George Kennedy <laughs> no oh goodness <laughs> so this is the film about uh, the the aftermath of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy um, it's from Pablo Loren who uh, made Neruda and uh, No and it is stars Natalie Portman as Jackie Kennedy so this is she is literally as well as figuratively the focus of the film in that many of the shots in this film are basically a close-up of her face so it's yeah. a good thing that Natalie Portman is utterly gorgeous um, <laughs> but the, the the story jumps around in time there are flashbacks to the Kennedy's time in the White House yeah. uh, there are f- sort of flash forwards almost from the main focus on the week after uh, his death up to the funeral uh, they, they sort of f- go forward about a month uh, to uh, a real interview or a, a sort of fictionalised kind of a real interview that she did um, in up in kind of Cape Cod up in New England uh, after he died and uh, and show how much control she had over her own image at that point basically she gives this interview to Billy Crudup and it's through that sort of narration that we kind of come into the film uh, but she also doesn't allow most of what she says to be published um, mm. because she has has that kind of control and and the film is I guess about taking control of uncontrollable circumstances she's she's thrust into this nightmarish situation um, and at while she is dealing with her own considerable grief at losing her husband while she is dealing with the anger she's always felt against him because she you know, knows that he's John F. Kennedy and has had affairs. While she's dealing with trying to get her tiny children through this horrendous loss, she's also trying to lead a nation that has been totally shocked by this tragedy um, 
and trying to provide uh, what she considers the right example, trying to see that Kennedy is buried with the, the pomp and the ceremony that she thinks he deserves, trying to essentially cement his legend mm-hmm. and his uh, reputation from beyond the grave. And so it's it's an incredible uh, focus on both public and private and how the two interweave and relate. And you've got her kind of walking like a ghost through the, the White House at night, sleepless, chain-smoking, um, and and then at the same time, you know, emerging by day to do battle with heads of state to make sure that Kennedy gets the funeral she thinks is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 a, de- a kind of devastating film at times, you know, just seeing her interact, especially with the kids. My God, it just breaks your heart. Um, and and then also seeing, you know, her literally in the blood-stained pink suit she was wearing as as Kennedy was shot. Um, and at the same time, you know, going off to do these battles with these incredibly important people. It's a it's a really fascinating film because you come out with the sense that you suddenly know Jackie Kennedy and you know what she was. And that may not be the case at all. There may be people out there who know her and remember her and say this is complete fantasy and she was nothing like this. But you have a, a real sense from this film that you do know and you do understand her. And I think that's a tribute to incredible characterization by by Natalie Portman and then also incredible direction work by Lorraine. I think it's a, a, a stunning, stunning film. I can kind of understand why it hasn't been more into the best picture Oscar conversation yeah. because it's so unconventional. It doesn't have any of the traditional biopic trappings apart from the fact that it's about, a, a, you know, an internationally recognized figure. Um so it's just a little bit too weird, I think, for, for Oscars. But there is no denying Natalie Portman's performance in this. It's an astonishing piece of work. It is. I don't know whether she's going to win the uh, the Oscar, though. It's, it's so hard. To tell. It's actually it's really hard race, to tell this year, yeah. <clears throat> Isabel Huppert seems to be making a, a late dash for the finishing line. There's Emma Stone, obviously, and your beloved La La Land. Uh, don't, don't La La Land, Helen, because then La La Land will you. La La Land will probably just dance on you or something. Yeah, yeah. Dance, it'll dance in your grave. I'm not scared. And make you f- filled with joy. <laughs> it'll joy you, Helen. Um, but she's great in this. She's incredible. And it's a really interesting presentation of a, of a performance as well. Because obviously it's uh, there's an element of mimicry there. There are moments where she has to recreate exactly things that Jackie yeah. Kennedy went through that we publicly know that she went through. There are There's a, a TV, a guided tour of the White House as she did, uh, where Jackie Kennedy herself is very nervous and stilted and she has to do that. And then you're never quite sure if it's going to completely recreate the assassination but there are things that we see yeah. it's a very impressionistic film it flits back and forth very yeah. elliptically between but you're right it does, it does recreate not just that yeah. TV interview but also um, photos from photos, the funeral yeah. that, that went around the world and you know Life magazine things like that it's, and it's such yeah. an in your face performance mm. in the best possible way I don't mean in terms of histrionics because uh, I actually think as much as she, she is suffused and racked with grief uh, it's a very internalised performance yeah, very as well so. it's very much about someone trying to keep it together uh, but what I mean is the camera Larry Larry Ann, uh, puts the camera right in her face and the actors are looking not directly at us but slightly off but nevertheless they, they engage with you in a way that uh, I think is very unusual and very very refreshing as well um, 
and there's also this great procession of of character actors who mm-hmm. who come into the movie uh, and do a scene or two with her and then depart the movie yeah. again uh, so you have John Hurt as an Irish priest yeah. and you have Peter Sarsgaard as, um, yeah, he's, as he's, Bobby Kennedy he's the, he's the closest I think we have to another character he to is, follow yeah. in fact if I'm right in thinking I think he's the only character that we see have conversation outside of Jackie Kennedy's sphere I think I'm right in saying okay, that. Yeah. So there's a, there's there's a scene where he has a conversation with someone else and she's not in the room. Right. Th- that's what I mean. So um, that's kind of that, that's kind of interesting. He's he's good as Bobby Kennedy. Richard E. Grant in the film with a good American accent. That's good. And uh, Billy Crudup. Yeah. As the journalist. Um, good cast. Very interesting. I love biopics, as you say, that are unconventional. And it's not a biopic, but you know, it takes mm-hmm. a moment in time or tries to snapshot someone's life because all biopics are completely artificial. Yeah. And this whole cradle-to-grave business is just, I think, played out. This is more the, the Lincoln approach, Spielberg's Lincoln, yeah. in that it takes a, a very short period in someone's life as a sort of synecdoche of the whole. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's remarkably effective. Both of those films, I think, are stunning. And word of the podcast it goes to Helen O'Hara. Thank you. Been well trying. Done. Mm. Well done. Um, four stars. Four stars. I would personally go five, but um, Helen would go five. But yeah, it is a four, four stars. Uh, four stars. Four stars. Uh, which is all very, very exciting. So next up, last from the week, Lion. John Nugent, our very own lion. Yes. Yeah, this is based on A Long Way Round, starring Ewan McGregor driving around motor- on motorcycles. No, it's not. It's, it's based around. <laughs> <coughs> it's based on the book called A Long Way Home um, by Saru Brearley, and it's an incredible true story. He is, at, at five years old, he, he's born into sort of relative poverty in India, uh, and he, through, through a, an accident, he gets on the wrong train. Uh, wakes up a thousand miles away from his home, has no idea how to get home, has no idea how to locate his family. Eventually, he's adopted by um, Australian parents, played in this film by uh, Nicole Kidman and and David Wenham. As an adult, he um, attempts to track down his, his lost Indian family, and he does so using Google Earth to jog his memory of, of his, his childhood memories. Um, so it's it's a fairly extraordinary story to begin with. Um, it's something that I think really lends itself to a cinematic canvas. Well, it's a it's a game of two halves. It's a film of two halves, I suppose. You start off with the five year old um, Saru, played by the extraordinary Sunny Pawar, who really is a revelation. He's a really talented little kid. Um, and then we jump in the second half to Dev Patel, who you know you may remember from being a skinny teenager on skins um, <laughs> and obviously Slumdog Millionaire mm-hmm. um, and it, this is a role I think that you know he's been waiting for for a long time and this is something he can really get his teeth into um, and really stretches his acting chops and he does a fantastic job I think he's, we're seeing a range that we haven't quite seen from him before yeah and he's very good he's, he's bulked up yeah he's filled out got long you, you, Helen you might find him quite the dish oh he is no question mm-hmm. what's interesting about this story I think perhaps is it doesn't descend into a sort of maudlin or a slightly you know over the top lifetime movie style em- emotional touch points it's a bit more it's a bit more thoughtful the second half perhaps is a little bit weaker there, there, there's only so much excitement you can draw from a man looking at Google Earth on a computer. Um, but, yeah. it, but, uh, but I think it has enough sort of uh, the the power of the story itself is enough to to keep your interest. I would say. 
Yeah, I think it's, I think it's fair to say the first half is really interesting, really mm. evocative, and has a real sense of of danger slash wonder. And the kid, Sonny Pawar, is fantastic, really expressive, wonderful eyes. Uh, and then it cuts to the present day, and everyone is fine. It's all fine, but you suddenly have this contrast of these incredible locations in Calcutta and in India, and then the suburbs of Tasmania. So you got a bit of wild weather, and it's fine. But then you suddenly have, you know, and Dev Patel's great, and he's, you know, he's Nicole Kidman in a very bad wig is is <laughs> is is good, and David Wenham is good, and everyone's solid. But it just treads water because you know it's going to end up with him. He has this. He suddenly has his urge. He's always felt it. His urge to track down his mum and his brother, who he, you know, and ima- he keeps imagining him and the grief they must be feeling at you know his, at his loss. But of course, he can't remember where he comes from, and he, and he doesn't remember anything really. His brother's name, his mother's name, his mother's name is Mummy, as far as he's as far as he can remember. Mm. Not a lot to go on, and um, so all he can do is suppress those memories until Google Earth comes along and suddenly realizes oh, I might be able to maybe narrow this down to a radius of about 5,000 kilometers something like that it's crazy uh, but in that time all he's doing is having arguments with himself and his girlfriend Rooney Mara um, is is fine is, you know, but it's basically just treading water am I going to go home yes and there you go and then your movie's only <laughs> 70 minutes long <laughs> But it's fine, and he's good, and uh, it's affecting, and it's certainly moving, and the end of the movie uh, moved me. Uh, it's an interesting film, and it's uh, one of this long line, it's a very recent trend, I think, someone will probably correct me, of films about real-life people that end with photographs and footage of the real-life people. And that always takes me out. It's kind of jarring, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It had it. I saw it recently in Hacksaw Ridge, because that's all based on a true story. Yeah. And I don't. I, th- I think you, you kind of want to be left in that sort yeah. of semi-fictional world, don't yeah. you? You want to stay in that. Um, Deepwater Horizon did it recently yeah. as well. Yeah. All it does is basically go. It reminds you of the 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 um, the, artifice. the artifice of it, yeah. yeah, and the fact that the people who are in the movie are way more attractive, <laughs> right, than the people in real life, yeah. Uh, but anyway, a small quibble for a very very good film, a very very affecting film from uh, Garth Davis, an Australian director, first time director, and good performances all the way through. Uh, Sonny Pawar, uh, hopefully, is it is someone we're going to see again and again and again. Mm. Uh, four stars for that. Uh, and that is it for this week's Emperor Podcast. Uh, we have not seen, as in the three of us yeah. in this room, have not seen Triple uh, X, The Return of Sander Cage. Oh, uh, why not? I want to see it. because they screened it last night, Helen, and we weren't, oh. we weren't available. Oh. Almost as if they don't care about what we think. It's almost as if they don't know that you know we need to see these ridiculous action films starring yeah. Vin Diesel. It's, a, it's Fast and Furious 7.5, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we've given it three stars. We did have someone, Dan Joel, went long and saw it, and he smelled it with his eyes, and it burst half the blood vessels in his face, and uh, he gave it three stars. So make of that what you will. Uh, it is, of course, a recommendation, as we said in the upper podcast. Uh, and also out this week, uh, in re-release, is a little film called Goodfellas, which oh. is about a pizza company that rises to prominence, uh, I believe. <laughs> uh, very excited about that one. If you haven't seen Goodfellas on the big screen... He said, talking to himself. Then go and see it, for the love of God. Uh, and of course... 
Lost in London. This yeah. is really interesting because you won't be able to see it by the time you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, it's not it's not helpful at yeah. all to talk about it. Really, it's is a it? one night only thing. But um, will it be streamed anywhere? No, is it gonna, it's going to be on like a home release DVD at some point. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, wish them all luck. Indeed, uh, yeah. For that is it for this week's Empire Podcast in association with Sky Atlantic, uh, which brings you the biggest stars in award-winning dramas every month. Catch once again season two of Billions in February, the brand new series of Gorilla in April, exclusively on Sky Atlantic. And also watch out for Twin Peaks. <gasps> oh yes, one of the most groundbreaking series of all time. David Lynch's Playgrounds returning. 25 years later very very excited about that one and Riviera an intoxicating thriller set against the backdrop of the opulent French Riviera and of course there's new big screen drama every month exclusively on Sky Atlantic and there's new big screen drama every week in the Empire Podcast uh, join us next week for more formulated fun we'll be joined by the star one of the stars of Sing Taron Edgerton very Ooh. exciting watch me as I try and get Kingsman 2 spoilers out of him <laughs> <laughs> I thought you knew it all already. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But publicly. Okay. So, so uh, Colin Firth's back in this one, isn't he, Taron? Nope. <laughs> he is, though, isn't he? Nope. We've seen the poster, Taron. Come on. Nope. You will. Stop I'm sure there's been, me with there, a there stick, pop shots Chris. of him. Nope. Uh, okay. Go on. <laughs> yeah, go on, go on, go on. Tickle him until he spills. I beg your pardon. Anyway, oh, until... until <laughs> Chris <laughs> anyway until then thanks so much to Garth Jennings for being with us oh he's gone uh, and it's goodbye from Helen Tiddly. it's goodbye from John goodbye and it's goodbye from me I'm off to patent an idea for Julie Roberts laughing box <laughs> I'll be on Dragon's Den with it before you know it see you next week bye